0: And now, your hosts for today's show.
1: Hi, and welcome to The Living Room. My name is Jody, and my co-hosts with me today are Michelle, Christy, uh, Janet, Kate, and Heather. And we're happy to have you in our living room. Today, we are discussing why does money matter? Don't turn off... Don't leave your your computer or turn down the volume. This is an important discussion. Money contains a remarkable power, and yet how we define its power affects our self-esteem, our choices, and our relationships. What kind of relationship do you have with money? That's the question we're asking today. And what can you do better to manage your money, or in essence, your power, and what does that look like? So join in our discussion, whether it's going to be on social media or just listening and talking with friends afterwards. We're glad you're here. So here's the setup to think about. How we look at money, it matters. Why? Anybody want to give their thoughts? Why does how we look at money mm-hmm. matter? Well, you know, I, my dad always had the
2: philosophy that it's just money, and but he always lived a very, I would say, poverty-ish life it was very bare minimum bare bones and that was the way you like to be but at the same time that's hard because everything that we do is surrounded by money how we work how our spouses work it costs money to send your kids to school for them to eat lunch money is there every single day that is just the nail
1: on the head yeah absolutely so
2: i was raised my dad always said that money doesn't make you happy, it just makes life more convenient. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good point. And I've yeah. loved it. And, I mean, I know we argue. It's like, no, but it does make me happy. <laughs>
1: Wait <laughs> just a second. Yeah. It yes. does make But, yeah. but really, if you think about it, it, it doesn't. No. It's not the root of happiness. It really
2: does just make things a lot more convenient. And mm-hmm. so when we keep that perspective, it's helped me a lot. as You know, we've started our own family and had kids, and sometimes money's tight and sometimes it's less tight.
1: And it's, it's, it was a perspective that's always helped. Good perspective. Jana.
3: We grew up, my dad was a professor, so professors don't make a ton of money. We always had enough. But my dad had this great philosophy that I love. He said, if it's important, the money will be there. Mm. And every time something important came up, the money was there. Oh, and I good. think that's a great mentality. And
2: I think that provides a lot of ways for you to think through what the priorities right mm-hmm. are, right? If it's important? not If it's not important... You know, you don't may yeah, not need brand new jeans, but you the jeans that you can get at the secondhand store are going to be just fine, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and we can
1: we can find then money important enough for that, and I love that. That's great, and I think in hearing each of your perspectives, that does let us know that this can be an issue when we feel like there's not enough, because money does help us go through our lives and provide us the things that. Our necessity and also our wants. Mm -hmm. But really coming to that understanding and that relationship with money, there's a little bit of digging that we have to do to get to the point where we are really like, hey, I don't need that pair of jeans. I want that pair of jeans Mm -hmm. and there's a difference. So let's get into some of this thinking about, have you ever examined how you think about money enough to know that how you think about money is affecting how much money you have? Oh, we'll see yeah. how much money you have. Sure, okay. you know. So, we t-
2: talk about creating a, an abundance mindset or a yes. scarcity mindset, right? right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that just you can think abundantly and the money starts pouring from the the roof. Though so that would be really lovely. Oh, come if on, Michelle, just can't
3: you make that think happen? That.
2: <laughs> um, but you know, you can. I've been in I've been in circumstances where there is not enough money, and when there is not enough money, the stress of that is so debilitating that it can be hard to go and do the things that you need to do just to get it. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I didn't. That's exactly where I
1: want it to go, because the reality is, is that not having enough can cause a lot of stress. It can cause um, relationship stress. It can cause physical stress. And so how do we get to this point where how we feel about money, whether we have a lot of it or not enough of it, that we're still OK? Um, let's think about some practical ways that we can do first to look at money differently and to treat it differently. What can we do daily, weekly, monthly to look and treat money differently maybe than we do now? Or what have you done?
3: When we lived in California, we were both self-employed and we had no regular income. So we would have months when we had 20 to $50,000 in our checking account. And then we would have months when $238 came in for the entire month. And so we got in a system of putting everything in savings and then just pulling out the little bit that we needed to live on and keeping almost all of it up there, literally saving for the rainy day because we we knew they would come. They were cyclical and there were just times of the year that would be low. And so we kept almost everything in savings and then just kind of pulled out what we needed.
1: So two questions for you because hmm. I find that really interesting. First, you and your husband were both on board for that kind of money management right oh yeah for yeah sure. uh-huh. okay and so what did you discover about what you really needed what you really needed to take out of your savings to live on
3: well it was fascinating we needed to pay our mortgage and we needed to buy milk and lettuce and gas in the car those were the Mm -hmm. only things and so there were months when we would do what we call the spending freeze and we were only allowed to buy milk and lettuce and put gas in the car and everything else was on hold and we could do fine on that we had food storage we could do fine on that for quite a while and then other times when the money was really flowing we did have money to go on vacation and we did have money to buy you know the things that we needed. But during those, those leaner months, we really pulled
1: back. Okay. Mm. Christy,
0: anything? Well, I just sit here and I'm just sweating bullets because money does stress me out. And it also stresses me out to know and to have a firm belief in the principle of lack, lack and abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. So then when I start feeling a lack mindset, I start getting really, really worried because I'm like, oh no, I can't have this lack mindset because then I will lack. And, <laughs> ah! and so I am, I am just not great. I hate money. I hate talking about money. I hate, like I hate everything to do with money. I will say um, one thing that I, I do find helpful with money is gratitude practice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that when I can, when I'm feeling that lack mindset, if I can stop and count my blessings and, and just name five things that I'm very grateful for that money has provided me that day or that week or that month, then I tend to calm down a little bit, but really uh, money is
1: hard. It's hard to get your spouse on the same page. It's, It's just hard. Hey that brings up a good point. So let's go down that avenue. How do you get on the same page if you have a spouse um, or a significant other that you have a budget to work you know the, to work on together? Um, getting on the same page is hard. Money philosophy is very different depending on how you were raised, what your life experience was. So what are some ideas to get us on the same page and so that we can think of money? Differently than we have, and have more of it, Kate.
4: Um, I was just going to say, I think we have to trust each other. Trust that we're on the we're on the same path, and we both want to to do. You know, we both want to save. We both want to have enough. We both want to do all that, but and stop blaming. I think when my husband and I went through a really bad financial time, I I realized now that we both blamed each other a ton for everything. I I blamed him for hoarding the money and not letting me, you know, anything, and then I I felt like he blamed me for any bit of debt that we we got. And he, I think, blamed me for any bit of debt we got because really, if I looked back at it, I was spending when I shouldn't have... But at the same time, there was things I need to. So You're, I think, you're also
1: buying the groceries. Right, and-, and that's
4: it. And so I think we came to a place where we realized we, we've got to stop blaming each other. We're on the same team. Like we got to work together. So for us, I got my own bank account. And he deposits um, however much. We worked together and figured out, okay, what do I really need? And there was some stuff that couldn't fit because we didn't have the money for that. And so we worked together to take out, okay, so maybe the kids, it's two more years before they can do piano. But I know that's a big deal, and that's okay. Can we sacrifice for that? For a couple of years, yes. Well, where can we take? And the date night couldn't go. We, we decided that was important. And so we worked together so that we agreed on it together. But then he's not allowed to question me about purchases that I made when I'm staying in the budget. And then That's I'm, right. yeah. And yeah. I love it because there are times when he'll be like, well, why did you? And I'll go, no, 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 no. We remember,
1: remember we did this <laughs> and
4: you told me and he goes well I just and I go no if it's, it's the end of the month and I'm over you're more than starts. welcome to question me but yeah. if it's not you don't get to and it's good because we, yeah. we've yeah having my own budget is fantastic and it's taught me to see oh okay when I was super sensitive about that time I look back and I see yep I did spend 300 on eating out with the kids because I didn't want to cook I was pregnant and sick but it But I I validated him in that. It's
1: important to be honest about money. And it's also, you bring up the word shame. I never realized that shame was attached to money in the sense of whether you have it or don't have it or why you don't have it or why your spouse, you know, doesn't want to spend it on certain things, but will send it on others, spend it on others. But shame, money shame is a real thing. And Susie Orman, who we all are very familiar with, really, when she counsels her clients and when she speaks, she goes right to the heart of it and says, we've got to talk about money shame. And the thing is, is that... That when you start with money management and she is telling you how to get your budget and your finances back on track, she says you start fresh. You don't get to go back and shame each other. You don't get to bring up, hey, you did this when. And I took that a couple of years ago to my husband and said, you know what, we're doing this a little wrong. We're trying to figure out how to get on the same page. By shaming each other into each other's belief system of how to spend money. We need to do this differently because he is a wonderful money manager in terms of keeping money <laughs> a little too tightly, in I my guess. opinion. We think all
4: accountants are to say, Jodi and my husband are accountants. Yes.
1: And, and that's also a whole show that we could go into yes, ourselves. I was presented a graph my first year of marriage oh, of how it. much shampoo I <gasps> bought for oh, the year. And I looked no. at it and I thought, no. sweetheart, you're a genius. Well, 10 years later, I was like, I hate you. What are you doing? Do not track how many shampoo you're bottles I, I bought. even
4: started with no. the sweetheart, you're a genius. I I no. would have presented him with a kid. Well,
1: because I was very naive in that first year of yeah. marriage. We made $11,000 more, you know. Yeah. Um, it was my first job in Texas. Yeah. Um, and no, 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 no. Sorry. When we, the first year we were married in college, we made $11,000. And when I look back and think we still went to Taco Bell, we, you know, and then when we doubled that, when I was going to have my first job in Texas. So he's bringing me the graph to say, look at how we're spending our money, <laughs> you know, and look at how beautiful this looks. But the reality is, is, I had no idea. How $25,000, right. how quickly it could go yeah. because we had yeah. doubled the income in that year that we were married. And so I was clueless. And so the genius who was making a graph all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, you are making me squeeze out of a sponge, Mm -hmm. you know, groceries. And when we then had a true rent payment, which was not college rent payment, it was triple what we paid in college. And so you learn these things, but getting on the same page is critical. And I think that key about not shaming each other once you want to get on the same page is key. What are some other things that you know have helped you or that you have read about and know that would be helpful to learn Christy. I know I said, I don't
0: have a lot to say, but I'm finding that maybe I have some to say. So, um, (laughs) one thing is when I'm feeling really down about money, I think about what could I do for something else that spends a little money. So even if it's, buying somebody's food behind me in a drive through line or uh, buying a candy bar at the grocery store and saying, give this to the next person that comes through the line. Just something, it makes me feel richer. I it's, think that's oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It, I, I think, I you know,
4: if I have a dollar to share, then I'm a rich person or... Yeah. Hey, do you know what? I love it. That is so profound because when we were struggling, we had to find ways to scrimp and somehow give to someone else to feel like we had something to give. And I love that you said it. whether it's just a county bar, but to feel like we were making a difference because we knew it was to struggle. So I love that you said that. No matter what you have, you'll never have enough to do it. So just do it. Some
0: religions, um, pay tithing. Some people choose tithing as a principle. Um, I personally a charitable donation yeah, a charitable to any non That's what I, I have a really good friend um, who is not of any faith and chooses to give 10% of their income to various charities. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a huge it's principle awesome. in the mm-hmm. mindset yeah. of abundance in setting some aside to yeah. give away. I
4: think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I, I think, think there's just as much, like my mom's huge, I love her death, but because they had gone through a bankruptcy, she became... Just crazy with money, which I completely right. understand. But I mean, yeah. to the, the point psychology where
1: we were little, of it is real.
4: Oh my yes. gosh! To the point where we were little, and I would borrow a quarter, fifty yeah. cent. I kid you not, it went on the fridge. <laughs> Kate owes mom a quarter. Yeah. Kate owes mom. I mean, okay. that's what we grew. Ten cents, yeah. a twenty cent. I did not get money from my parents for things. It was recorded all the time, everything, and now she's become so much more generous, and it's and it's it's sweet to see that. But one time I said to her, and my husband's kind of the same way at times. He's super generous too, but he has this kind of hoarding thing in him at times, where it's just like keep it keep it safe. And and I said to him one time, you know, I think. That is just as bad as somebody who has a ton of money that doesn't give.
1: So you are bringing up a very important point, and I'm going to uh, quote this and have this on our page, Um, but it all begins with awareness. You must be aware of the messages you're telling yourself about money, not so that you can go into a deep analysis of psychological and emotional impact, but so that you can know when these messages are running the show and Mm -hmm. manipulating your choices. Mm -hmm. Yes. Think right. about that. If, what are you, what are you driven by? And if it is, uh, and this may be very, you know, surfacey. I don't think any of us sitting in this room are saying I'm going to quote unquote, keep up with the Joneses. And probably that's not society as we maybe know it as a whole in our, you know, m- being moms and so forth, but it can creep in whatever the site, whatever you're working against in your own self that is defining yourself really has to be the awareness that you come to to say, you know what, I've got to look at this and stare at this in the, in the face, just like your mother was scared of not having enough. Yeah. Somebody else may be saying, well, if I don't have the X, Y, and Z, I, I'm not valued. Mm-hmm. So that awareness, how do we open ourselves up to that awareness so that we start to change our minds about money? What has to happen?
3: I think you have to keep track. When Jeff and I were dating, we went on a road trip together. And um, opposite of Kate, we pooled our money. And we were still dating, but we just each had this amount of money, and we put it together, and we went on this road trip. Well, Well, on the way home, we ran out of money. (laughs) And we literally had to stop at Whiskey Pete's and have, like, water with cherry, right? Because that was free at the bar. We had no money left. (laughs) And so we decided. No
1: martini for you. I'm just kidding.
3: (laughs) We stopped, and we made a list of all the money we had spent Mm -hmm. and where it had gone and and then we put dots by wants and needs and what was a want and what was a need. And we were really analyzing what our patterns were. Wow. It was really helpful to us as a couple. And my husband says that was when he decided we could get married because we were on the same page. Were but it was sure. funny because one of the things that we thought we needed and we marked as a need was a Madonna CD because that could keep us awake oh, in the car. I, Isn't I that it. funny?
1: <laughs> but also that is something where you have to give yourself a little something. And Christy, you yeah, were saying, you, you know, normal. your your heart is saying, I want to give something and that makes makes me feel good. You know, it might be the Hershey bar that you're buying for them, but I'd be buying it for myself in that moment. But whatever it is, you have to give yourself that little bit of, oh, I need that to just keep me going. Michelle.
2: Well, and I think that, you know, for us in our family, what works in our finances is we have budget items, we work from one account. I know some couples who do two accounts and I there's no judgment in that for me. Yeah. Um, but we have one account, we have a budget that we kind of stick to that is not very detailed and we should be better about that but we also have a rule that anything that's over $50 yes. we talk to the other person about and so yes. yeah. If there's something that I'm out and about and I want, I see a decoration that I want for the house and it's reasonable and it's under the $50, I can get that without calling and asking for permission. And likewise, if he sees something in the store that he wants to get, he can get it without calling and asking me for permission. So we've given ourselves some ability to, to not necessarily have to check in for everything so that there is some independence, but then also saying, hey, listen, at a certain level, we have to understand that that's going to affect something and we may need to take for something from savings. And so within our budget, you know, we've got about $50 a month we can spend on Mm -hmm. on whatever without having somebody say why did you buy that
1: and the key is awareness if you think about Mm -hmm. that's the whole principle that pulls it together where is it going Uh, I had a period of time that uh, about a year where my husband he came to me and he said you have no idea what your what your where your money's going do you and I had to look at him and say I don't. And he said, you're not even keeping your checkbook. And we didn't. Well, by that time we had debit card or whatever, but what had happened, I had the baby. I was just going to, you know, the store and saying, Hey, this looks good. This looks good. And he, at the end of the month was going, okay. You know, and that was not usually how things were run. We were much more on top of it, but I came to the awareness and had to be honest I was kind of offended at the moment but mm-hmm. you know when I'm like, wait a minute, you're telling me that yeah. I'm spending extra money on things we don't need. What? But the yeah. reality was, is if I wanted to become aware and see where my money pattern mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. being conscious of what I was spending money on and that awareness came. And then we were able that to identify with what did we want to do as a couple? If you're listening to the show, dear, I know I you're saying you're a big fat liar, <laughs> but uh, this is how I feel. <laughs> really
4: we did nice. come together. We did have an awareness. I you were very fair about it. I think um I love that you said that. I think we also have to ask the questions. It always comes back to that. But um but you know, one time, and I think you have to be realistic. Like my husband I was like, okay, so instead of us fighting about this all the time, you tell me when our when I can sign our kids up for sports or or dance or piano or something, because that's really important to me. So you tell me what it what does it look like for you when it's okay. And he was like, well, as soon as we have all this paid off and as soon as we have $5,000 $5, in the those same, lessons those extra. And as soon right. as this, and I just looked at him and I said, honey, never going to happen unless we hit the jackpot, not going to happen. And I said, I'm not willing for our kids to not have that. And I said, you need to recognize this is different than me going to Nordstrom's with a credit card right. and blowing five grand right. because we just exactly. don't have it. I said, This is a life skill. It's an investment investment and we have to find a way. So I said, you got to give up your savings. So that awareness becomes a conversation
1: of what you value and what he values. And then the goal is to determine at
4: one point I just said, honestly, when are you, what amount of money you give me an amount of money. When would you feel comfortable with just living without worrying? and he great goes question. never, yeah. and I go, that's huge for yeah. you, yes. and you need to look inside of you and realize even if you were a millionaire, you would still carry this, and I go, it's no longer about the money. Yeah. what is that and not and not to be mean about him, I love my husband, but it was this great conversation. He could flip it also on to me. Why are you feeling like at times that oh, I'm just done I'm going to spend? Well, maybe it was because I was raised with. We're gonna look at everything, and I'm just like, oh, I'm done looking for the love. I'm just gonna go get this, and, and that's right. not healthy either, right. you know. Mm-hmm. But for, I think it's asking those tough questions of what is that number for you, instead of arguing anymore. I love that. And for somebody, yeah.
1: there may be a very specific number, you know, yeah. that then you have to ask, well, why does that number mean? Something. Why is that? So, my question now is how do we then take these philosophies and these ideas that we have about money and transfer them positively to our families and to our children? Because just like emotional baggage, we carry money baggage, um, and these suitcases are not full of money. They're full of those psychological um, ideals or psychological baggage, and we don't want to pass that on to our kids. Jana.
3: I have um, I have one. The way my mom made ends meet when we were growing up was she would sacrifice it. She wouldn't buy anything for herself, and she would mm-hmm. just make sure that we had what we needed. And so sometimes it's really hard for me to say it's okay to buy clothes because mm-hmm. I remember that my mom didn't do that. I had an experience recently where I lost about 10 pounds, and suddenly none of my clothes fit, like none. And I was just taking huge... Uh, piles of clothes and setting them out to either donate or take to alterations because nothing in my closet fit. So I finally went out and bought hundreds of dollars worth of Close, because I had to, I had no choice. Yeah. And it was fascinating because you know, that old philosophy, of my dad's, if it's important, the money will be there. And I kid you not like three days later, I got a check for the exact amount that I had spent. Yeah.
4: Wow. You know, I, I know. And,
3: and I really believe it was a consider the lilies moment for me where I felt like, you know, I was being provided for, and this was a need, and it was okay to do that for myself. The other thing that we do that I think is awesome and everyone's going to think I'm insane about this is we have 17 savings accounts. Oh my gosh. I
2: love that. My husband will not get on board. (laughs) If you do it online, you can
3: keep them all in one all in one place and they're all tallied and you can instantly move them from one account to the other. But we have a a savings account for the kids' education. We have one for our daughter's wedding. We have savings accounts for car repairs and car savings. And we have savings accounts for oh travel and service and all the things that are important to us. And then much peace of mind and they're all on auto deposit. So they're instantly subtracted from the checking account. As soon as the paychecks come in, that money just gets out into the 17 savings accounts. So when you look at your giant savings account, you think, oh, I'm rich. Let's go on vacation. But when you look at 17 savings accounts and you know that each one is for a specific thing, then you don't spend it because you remember, oh yeah, that's for that. We have to leave that there. Oh, that's for that. And so then when our daughter says, oh mom, I took the car in just for an oil change and it turns out we needed 500 things and it's going to cost this much money, then I just say, Oh, that's no problem, sweetie. I'll just treasure that money from our car savings account. And you just are fine. And there is so much peace of mind in that. I can't even tell you. Mm-hmm. And for having someone who's been through some lean years, yes,
4: it's just powerful. And I would well, never go without. Well, and, and Jana, you're inspiring. not I'm like, telling, because people are probably thinking, Jana's loaded. She has, if she can have 17 uh, count, but you're not. No, and no, I love that because it's no. not, you just, whatever amount that no, looks like. No, just
3: like my dad, my husband's a college professor. I teach college part-time, Right. We live on enough, but n- not excess. Right, right. right. Yeah, you just
4: budgeted. Less. Well, and it's it's yeah.
2: no different than the woman who has seven different envelopes in her drawer. Exactly. Right, it's right. the and same it philosophy. Yeah, and it's we like, used to do that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I remember doing that. I remember saying, okay, well, here's a hundred dollars, and you know, ten dollars goes to this, and ten dollars goes to this envelope, and ten dollars goes to this envelope, and ten goes to this envelope, right. and, and, awesome. this envelope. The and then you have twenty four dollars left over for whatever else
1: and you have to figure out what works for you and that's the system that is truly yours to discover because what works for Kate might not work for Jana what works for being Christian might not work for we all know that but it is I can't emphasize enough for how many times we've been approached because my husband is an accountant and people will ask what's the what is the magic Mm -hmm. system and he's like the magic system is to spend less than you make, no matter what that number is. And that's very hard. When I look Mm -hmm. back at, if you would have told me that, you know, at the college salary that I earned, or the, the salary that I earned when you're out of college with no kids, but then I've had that same salary years later with two kids. What if that? It's harder to mm-hmm. take that all in. So you have to do it within the within the perspective. The key is, is in those envelopes, it doesn't matter, and Jana, you'll agree with me on this, mm-hmm. I bet, it doesn't matter if there's 500000 in it, or 5000 or $5. Or $5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thought is is that there's something saved for the rainy day. And that psychology of money empowers really you to pay. say, I have something. And that's where our scarcity and abundance comes into play. So we don't have very much time. What is your number one money lesson just in 30 seconds that you would want to get out there that says, "I this is what I've learned or this is what I'd want somebody to know?
4: I'd say make a priority to go like on a family vacation. We don't wait for you to save up. I know that sounds awful. But there it doesn't will always, sound awful. There will, well, yeah, it doesn't. But what Janice said, there will always be a way to pay it off somehow, but you will not always find a way to save it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's regardless of what we have, we will find if it's a super cheap one, then we'll do it. But every year, do that. Go. Don't wait make until it you a have priority. the money. Make it and a you priority.
1: don't have to do... Hawaii you no, can do no. Yellowstone yeah. or again it's the perspective but okay, okay. Yeah. Jana money what lesson uh
3: I would say stay out of debt mm-hmm. that to know that it's possible and to do that and have a commitment to live debt free that's really been important to us over the years let's
0: say this Christy um other than the the service and the giving that I've said I would say uh, let money come in and flow out of you. I, one of my mm-hmm. mom's friends said that, that mm-hmm. um, when I was young, and I and I could picture it coming in and out. And don't think of it as belonging to you. Think mm. think of it as something you use, like food or water. Okay, oh, I, I love that. that. I love that. It's Heather. Beautiful.
4: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Everything I'm thinking has like been so well said. Uh, it strikes me to to remember to respect it. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know whether the power is good or bad, and that that can be left up to you. But there's great power in money, and it can it can do such destruction if we're not careful. So I think that's why this conversation is so powerful because we do need to come to that place where we have a common respect with our spouse or with our children or whoever it is, and so we need to teach our children to respect it and then respect it ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think and if there's
3: a resource, and a, right? Yeah. It right.
1: is, it's, it is a resource, it's yeah. a means to an end. These days, man knows the price of everything but the value of nothing. Oscar mm-hmm. Wilde. I think it's so important to recognize that everything comes from God, um, and there. Are people that are very generous that are able to save lives able to give to hospitals um, there are people that are able to do amazing things with money I've seen it myself but there's also like Heather said the the sorry individuals who are saying at the end of the day I don't ever have enough and I would love for again I use Mother Teresa as an example but this was a woman again who had nothing monetarily but who was so rich in the way that she lived her life and so we have to ask ourselves what is our money awareness What do we stand for and who are we at the end of the day? Is money who we are and what does it really mean to us have that awareness? Mm -hmm. And so thank you for joining us today. There's so much more we could say on money. Hopefully we'll have um, more shows on it, especially on just the basics of budgeting and saving and learning to, to save for that rainy day. Have a wonderful day in your living room and, we hope you'll join us again. Find us on social media. Again, I'm Jody, and I'm joined by Heather and Christy and Michelle and Jan and Kate, and we're glad you spent time with us in our living room. Christy, I have
2: seen your pictures, and I have heard you tell stories, but now I am really ready for you to share with our audience the little project you have been working on. Oh, my gosh, Michelle. I just got back
0: from one of my favorite places in the world, and this is my new project. It is Saddle Mountain Cottage. It is in between Cannon Beach and Seaside on the northern coast of Oregon. And it's absolutely beautiful. We're running it as a vacation rental. This year has excellent rates because it's our first year in business. So we're just running it at cost. So you can stay there for about one-third to one-half of the price of staying in those cities themselves. So come see us. It is Saddle Mountain Cottage at gmail dot com or facebook.com forward slash saddle mountain cottage. Look at the pictures and come to heaven. And it looks so
2: dreamy. I love all of the things that you've done inside the decor. It looks perfect. So much character. Yes. So if you are looking for those details again, you can email Christy at saddle at gmail.com or find them on Facebook at saddle mountain cottage. You can just search that in the Facebook search window or go to facebook.com slash saddle mountain cottage. Thanks so much, Christy, and I will be dreaming of my next vacation Thanks, in Oregon. Thanks, Michelle.
0: Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.